Right on set. Rolling. Action. Action. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Enka and welcome back to another movie review. Today we have a two for two, a buy one, get two free. <laughs> <laughs> what? Buy one, get one free. There, that's where I like and, it. And we're reviewing the one and only Barbenheimer. These two movies that have been such a boom in the past couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And we had the opportunity to watch them. Not back-to-back, -back, but back-to-back -back days in opening weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, we're talking about Barbie and Oppenheimer. Barbenheimer, for some reason, if you don't know. Uh, but I'm really excited to be here. How about you? I am excited. I am shocked, again, that these two movies have been paired together. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was coincidence, by chance, if they... The makers of the films were like, let's just run with it. If it started on TikTok, I got no clue where this came from. But I'm happy, and it brought us to these two amazing movies. I mean, for what I've seen, it's happened in the past. Obviously, not mm -hmm. with uh, so much pizzazz. Uh, I think TikTok um, definitely heightened the experience for everyone. Yeah. But in the past, I can name, for example, I was seeing Halo. The, um, the Halo video game hmm. and uh, the latest um, the Switch game that I really like playing the sports with one? Tom Nook oh my goodness uh, Animal Crossing Animal Crossing oh. Halo and Animal Crossing hmm. were released I think it was the same day and people also like had these comments about these two movies being mm -hmm. released together and so it has happened in the past but obviously TikTok definitely changed this experience for everyone right definitely and so I think what we're going to do is we're going to start with one movie, then move on to the other one, and then I compare them a little bit. Yeah. And if we happen to compare them throughout, uh, just what happens. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, let's get into this. Uh, Want to start with Barbie? Yep. We'll start with the Barbie movie. We I think we liked this one quite a bit, if I remember correctly. If you... <laughs> I... I was a little on the fence about it when we first watched yeah. it, but you liked it quite a bit, actually. I really enjoyed the experience, and I think it's definitely a movie that everyone should watch. A mm -hmm. really a beautiful message. Uh, we had the opportunity to watch this one first, and then Oppenheimer the following day. Um, and for what it's worth, I think... I mean, it's not your typical uh, beautifully-looking movie that is like, wow, the cinematography... But it's a really fun watch, and mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. And then it just came up with a beautiful message out of nowhere. I was not expecting it. Yeah. And, but I'm really happy it did have that. Mm -hmm. and so in that aspect, I really enjoyed it for sure. Yeah. I I was going into this right off the bat with, like, the trailer. I had assumed that, like, Mattel would be the bad guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same. That Mattel would... And go into like this whole plot trying to chase down Barbie as she's yeah. in the real world trying to save the world. I had no inkling whatsoever that it was going to be a completely different plot mm -hmm. and that the plot could even be real world related. I yeah. think that's why I didn't like the movie when I first watched it because, as I've said to actually many people, I expected it to be happy, silly, fun time mm -hmm. and it was just. Heart-wrenching It happened to serious. be a lot to take in, for sure. It was a lot. And so I just left feeling, ugh, the mm -hmm. first time I watched it. Because the message was just, like, not what I was And expecting. a lot of people were like, watch Oppenheimer first so you can get all the sadness out. And then watch mm -hmm. Barbie so you can leave the movie theater all happy. 
but no. that was just not the case. Uh, not at all. Like I was on the verge of crying multiple times. I must say, I, I did get watery it. eyes. Yeah, it took a second watch for me to actually appreciate yeah. it, because then I could actually pick up on all the rest of it and enjoy the experience instead mm-hmm. of being mortified at how real issue yeah. we're getting here on the. Plot. I must say, I mean. Barbie just had a, such a good marketing team yeah. and such a long run with marketing that we were expecting. Thank you so much, Erkin. <laughs> I mean, it's brought daylight, so what can we yeah. expect? But it just had such a good run prior that we were expecting this movie for months and just lo- really looking forward to day off to watch it. Mm-hmm. And so we just had all of these expectations in our head. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I think it was short a little mm-hmm. bit uh, from expectations uh, once again a really good movie but it did fall a little bit short of what everyone expected for what I've seen uh, online uh, because obviously we had we just had this image in our head that it was going to be the movie of the century yeah and if you t- take a second to think about it it wasn't mm-hmm. I think this movie it, it's it was heavier than mm-hmm. I think a lot of people expected. Um, and I, a lot of people are listening currently to the Billie Eilish song that yeah. was included with it. And they're like really like resonating with it. So I think this is becoming a very important movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's like the movie of the summer. I yeah. just think in general, this is an incredibly important movie. That it has a really important message. Yeah, it's more of the message you need mm-hmm. to see. I wouldn't say that it was like the most amazing movie yeah. that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I could watch it again mm-hmm. a million times um, because of how much. Wow, that's a loud car. <laughs> oh, it's a motorcycle, actually. Get <laughs> <Had> it right. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> But I could watch it a million times mm-hmm. because it was so much fun and there just so much to take away from it. And I'm sure that one watch, you're not going to be able to catch everything. Yeah. But I think definitely. something that this movie really benefited from is um, the fact that they didn't need to take, they needed, they did not need to take themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you look at the special effects, like the CGI and whatnot, when they're going from world to world, mm-hmm. it's not like they're trying to actually look like they're going through snow or like they're actually going on a rocket ship they're not yeah. trying to make this a marble movie mm-hmm. it's a, a little silly moment in which they're moving from world to world and they don't need to take t- themselves too seriously and i think that definitely really helped them out a lot well yeah when you have such a deep message and whatnot you kind of need to balance it mm-hmm. out and i did think that they balance it out like as best as they could yeah definitely um it just made officially a billion yeah. dollars in the box office. And for what I've heard, it's the highest grossing movie directed by a female. Yep. Directed by Greta Gerwig. Um, distributed by Warner Bros. It... I, I wonder... I wonder how Oscar season would, would treat <laughs> this movie. Because I feel like this could easily be up there, but at the same time, I don't know if they would think it would be too silly. I don't see a lot of hmm. silly movies up on the Oscar stage, but yeah, I feel like it it's could definitely be not an Oscar grab. It's not mm-hmm. one of those movies that you're like, oh yeah, the Oscars were definitely like that. Right. I 
don't know. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Margot know. Robbie did fantastic though as Barbie. Yeah, she did. And Ryan Gosling as Ken. Mm-hmm. The it was the best experience with that. It's a bit complicated to process for sure because mm-hmm. if you think Margot Robbie did do great, but I don't think she is the greatest protagonist from a movie this year. Yeah. Um, Ryan Gosling is up there for the best supporting actor. It's Definitely. just really complicated when he's going for best supporting actor with people like Robert Downey Jr. from Oppenheimer. Which we know will be up there. And it was amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just really complicated because if mm-hmm. I always want to compare it to Marvel because it's really similar in the aspect of like it's it's not an original a character it's a mm, character mm-hmm. that came from say a comic or a board game or uh, dolls and whatnot already established ever established ca- uh, yeah. fan base uh, so you know it's gonna do good mm-hmm. so the numbers that you see might not reflect how good it was it just reflects the big fan base that it really it, it already has yeah um so i'm just not sure i'm not mm-hmm. sure if they're gonna be looking at numbers or the message behind it or uh, purely because the Oscar is usually like, oh, this movie has such a good message, so let's put it up there. Mm-hmm. They always look at the technical stuff behind it, uh, which it had a, a high, a really high technical value mm-hmm. for sure. But when you compare it to other movies um, with cinematography and whatnot, uh, it wasn't necessarily um, crazy good. You know, it was pretty good. It's not like the war movies that are constantly being Yeah, like the one leading. shot for 20 <laughs> like, minutes that would just exactly. follow them and it was so creative. It wasn't anything like that. And it didn't need to be. It's not yeah. a bad thing not to have the greatest cinematography in the mm-hmm. world. Um, it, it's definitely not a bad thing not yeah. to have. Although I do appreciate the amount of references there were yeah. to other pre-existing media Mm -hmm. uh that whole beginning sequence uh based off of uh 2001 space odyssey yeah that was good was amazing (laughs) i think that alone should be like nominated for what i don't know (laughs) best reference to (laughs) 2001 space (laughs) odyssey like a fan category it was just like all those like little things Mm -hmm. that that's why i feel like they deserve something i think the issue is not necessarily with the movie the issue Mm -hmm. is with the academy yeah and uh, I'm just going based of what the Academy usually does. Mm-hmm. And I'm a strong supporter of the fact that the Academy should have genre awards. Yeah. Best horror, best comedy, mm-hmm. best drama. This, I mean, I'm going to call it a comedy. Because I think it was... A it, dramedy? Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Like, more with the message and everything, it was still a comedy movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I will give it best comedy. I mean, we're going to watch uh, Haunted Mansion tonight. But I'm not expecting to. to uh, I'm not expecting Haunted Mansion to be better than Barbie as a at comedy all. by no, any chance. So, the the com- <laughs> thank you. The Academy just needs to change the way it does things. Yeah. Don't you love living right by Logan Airport? It's so funny because fun? if you listen to our um, what you call it senior thesis episode, I was speaking on how difficult it was because I recorded. Uh, nearby the airport as well mm-hmm. so we just had to stand by for airplanes all the time feeling that all over again <laughs> yeah uh, do you want to get into some reviews yeah yeah so first one is from roger ebert they gave 3.5 stars it says here 
Barbie director and co-writer Greta Gerwig's Summer Splash is a dazzling achievement both technically and in tone. It's a visual feast that succeeds as both a gleeful escape and a battle cry. Mm -hmm. So crammed with impeccable attention to detail is Barbie that you couldn't possibly catch it in a sing all in a single setting. You'd have to develop an entire viewing just to the accessories, for example. Barbie can be hysterically funny with giant laugh-out-loud moments generously scattered throughout. Mm -hmm. They come from the insularity of an idyllic pink-hued realm and the physical comedy of fish-out-of-water moments and choice pop culture references as the outside world increasingly enroaches. But because the marketing campaign has been so clever and so ubiquitous, you may discover that you've already seen a fair amount of the movie's inspired moments, mm -hmm. such as the 2001 A Space Odyssey homage and Ken's self-pitying 80s power ballad, such as the anticipation industrial complex. But while Barbie is wildly ambitious in an exciting way, it's also frustratingly uneven at times. After coming on strong with wave after wave of zippy hilarity, the film drags in the middle as it presents its more serious themes. It's impossible not to admire how Gerwig is taking a big swing with heading notions during the mindless blockbuster season. But she offers so many that the movie sometimes stops in its propulsive tracks to explain itself to us, and then explain those points again and again. The breezy, satirical edge she established off the top was actually a more effective method at conveying her ideas about the perils of toxic masculinity and entitlement and the power of female confidence and collaboration. Okay. It's interesting, the, um, the review itself and the words that uh, they're using in mm -hmm. comparison to the, um, the score that they gave it. Yeah. Based on the score, I will imagine them being more like it was mid- <laughs> but they really like the movie. And yeah. I feel like they have the same sentiment that many people had in the mm -hmm. sense of, like, it was really good, but, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I understand that. It's yeah. just a really interesting feeling mm -hmm. that I'm sure mo many of our listeners uh, had when watching this movie. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with, with that because I think... It means that it affected you. Yeah, definitely. Um, if, if it didn't affect you, you would think that it was, like, a bad movie mm -hmm. or that, oh, like, the message was, like, okay or whatever. I think it's good that we kind of feel that gut-wrenching. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy for everyone yes. that worked in it, and mm -hmm. I'm really happy. I mean, my TikTok, I'm on the Barbie side of TikTok. I'm not an Oppenheimer <laughs> whatsoever. Any Oppenheimer readers that I've seen on TikTok is because you've sent them to me. Yes. But I'm getting all of the interviews with Ryan Gosling, all mm -hmm. of the interviews with uh, Margot Robbie, and I'm just really happy and excited for them and what the future has for them. Mm -hmm. But I'm still processing it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would like to see a Barbie 2 or maybe Expanded mm -hmm. Universe because, uh, I mean, it just feels like I didn't see enough from okay. the world itself. Yeah. I, I definitely saw the issues. Mm-hmm. But I want to see more of their story. Because the, ch I mean, the finale, eh, while beautiful, you got to remember that that was the beautiful part of this movie was not the very end. Yeah. The very end was her going in the real world to the gynecologist. <laughs> I want to see more. Like, yeah. like, what's happened, you know? I think that probably has a lot to do with the fact that there's not exactly anything a to full show. on happy ending. Yeah. I feel like, because it's not like it's not like they go in and say like, oh, like 
Barbie's win over the Kens and patriarchy is gone yeah. and whatnot. Like they don't do that. They it's more of a realistic approach mm-hmm. where it's like okay, small bits of society have been changed and some mm-hmm. mindsets have been changed, but overall, it's still roughly the spot that we were in just maybe a little bit more yeah. equal i don't know how i feel about the narration um because the narration just makes it feel like a a 90s movie when at the end it's like they show you the characters and with a photo of them and the narrator yeah. just comes and says this character is now doing this yeah uh, and they're hoping for blank and blank it just felt a little tacky in that mm-hmm. sense uh, so I, I don't really love that and uh, i would have liked to see just the ending as yeah. it was without the narration i don't really need it needed it mm-hmm. so our next one uh last review for barbie is from america magazine they didn't give it like a star rating okay. but they really enjoyed the movie um it says at its core the barbie movie is a much needed tribute to womanhood this mm-hmm. is evident in one of the most subtle but moving scenes from the film which occurs early in barbie's trip to the real world when she sits at a bus stop crying because nothing seems to be going her way she looks over and sees an old woman, played by the famous costume designer Anne Roth. Oh, no way. Aging doesn't exist in Barbie land. Barbie smiles at her and says, you're beautiful. The woman smiles serenely and replies simply, I know. In retrospect, this deeply humane and moving encounter prefaces Barbie's decision to join the real world. It seems as if Barbie is recognizing the magnitude of everything a real woman is, and everything she later chooses to be. The female characters Barbie meets in the real world show her that women manage to exist in a world that is so often against them, and do so best when working together. This movie is for everyone to see and enjoy, but ultimately Barbie is truly a film by women, about women, for women. Mm. It is a film we certainly will be seeing again. I got the goosebumps. I really like that, that scene. Yeah. That scene was mm-hmm. really nice, and I definitely enjoyed it. It, it definitely set up the movie mm-hmm. for what was about to come. And for some reason, it just made me remember the now iconic scene of the narrator saying, no to the filmmakers, if you want to make this point come across, Margot Robbie is not was the right cast person for this. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that one a lot. Because Margot yeah. was like, I'm so ugly. Mm-hmm. And then th- there she was, just being Margot. <laughs> Dropped out of question. We'll leave it at that for the time mm-hmm. being, unless you have anything final comments before we get into Oppenheimer. Should we rate it or rate it at the end? We'll write it together at the end. Okay. Yeah. So now I guess we'll do um, a 180 into darker history yeah. topics. With Actual stories yep. that happen in real life. Although Barbie can definitely can be uh, an argument can be made that it should happen in real life. In a sense. That's true. We don't know if Barbie land is a thing. We should try yeah. their uh, and going roller coasting. is unfortunately roller a coasting. villain in our real life. Yes. So, you know. Well, Oppenheimer, what a movie. We watched this the second night of yep. our two-night extravaganza. <sighs> this movie was amazing. No joke about the three hours, um, but I didn't mind it. I really didn't mind the three yeah. hours. I've watched longer and worse. Mm-hmm. The latest movie that I watched that was this long was uh, Babylon. Babylon, yeah. And... That's just one of my favorite movies at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what filmmakers are trying to do nowadays is that going to the theater to watch an hour and a half movie is not enough anymore because we have Netflix and we have shows that we can just watch forever in our, in our TV at yeah. home. What will we get out of our house? You know, we have streaming. Mm-hmm. 
So watching movies doesn't is not anymore for just the sake of watching movies. It has mm-hmm. to be an experience. And, and if you go to the movie theater, it has it better be worth it. Right. I'm not going to the movie theater just because I have to watch the movie because mm-hmm. I can just watch it at home. It has to be an experience. So that's why we have IMAX 3D now is uh, yeah. so much uh, cheaper. And then IMAX is just everywhere now. And, and I think it's all because they're trying to chip into this experience of longer movies mm-hmm. uh, that are actually going to make it worth it going to movie theaters. Yeah. So definitely the three hours did not take me um, away from the movie. Uh, and it actually made me realize more that there's a lot of world that needs to be developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, if, if it was a one hour and a half movie, we definitely wouldn't have seen all of that. Definitely not, though. So, yeah, the Oppenheimer movie was directed by Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. um, distributed by Universal. There are so many people in this movie. There are, and so many iconic people, I actually. know. We have Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer, Florence Pugh um, I know as many, many people watched Oppenheimer just because just he because was in the Florence movie. Pugh. <laughs> uh, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, Rami Malek, Jack Quaid, Matt Damon. Josh Peck. Josh Peck. Josh Peck was in this movie. <laughs> when Why? I saw him, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Isn't he just um, David Dobrik's friend now? <laughs> oh, I was like just shocked. I was over the moon at seeing him. There was also um, Gary Oldman, which I did not expect at all. Which one is the guy from um, Dire for Wimpy Kid? Because he was there. Oh, let me. Let I know me there was one actor that is the guy that played all of the live action there of the Wimpy Kid. And his whole uh, filmography is just like five Diary of the Wimpy Kid movies, and then Oppenheimer. It's like the range of this actor is crazy. The range. The Did range. you just say the range? <laughs> was was he one of the? Um... I think he was one of the random scientists. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Oppenheimer, as I was saying, is a movie uh, that it just uh, it was such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the cinematography from the beginning like the first hour I, w- I knew that it w- there was two more hours to go and I was still like I want to come watch this again I haven't mm-hmm. but I will definitely do it uh, such a good movie it's sad for me to uh, watch movies that are based on real life or like they literally mm-hmm. retell everything that happened in real life because you know the ending Yeah, there is nothing to look forward to to uh, with unexpected happenings or anything like that, uh, but it still managed to keep me captivated with the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I have seen a couple interviews, uh, maybe one or two, in which they were mentioning the different aspects that the filmmakers wanted to make come across. One of them being that uh, what is the name of the the actor that played the sergeant? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt Damon was commenting on how the director said all of this. Like, this entire movie is on Gillian's back. This is his movie. And everyone else here Mm -hmm. is here to support that vision. Yeah. So whatever he does, you're here to support him. And what do we do in order to make that actually happen? Yeah. And Matt Damon was mentioning that that was a really uh, straightforward order and straightforward thing to follow. Uh, And I think that's what made the movie be what it is. Mm -hmm. And he was also commenting on how... Uh, in the script it wasn't like uh, and then uh, Oppenheimer goes through the door and looks at the window no it literally says in the script I go through the door and look at the window yeah because we're watching it through Oppenheimer's eyes because we don't mm-hmm. want to we don't want to be a third party in this we, w- we really want to feel 
what he was feeling in there and i think it really shows in all of the different scenes like the one with the chair yeah with um the woman on top of him yeah it's it was a very interesting movie i don't remember many movies in which there was multiple conversations happening mm-hmm. but i was able to follow it yeah um because we're such not complicated conversations seeing, we're seeing oppenheimer getting interrogated then we're seeing robert downey jr talking to what seems to be like mm-hmm. a lawyer or like a press yeah. pr guy <laughs> um and they're talking about different things the, roughly because there was gillian in the future gillian yeah. in the past are you saying Gillian or Killian? Killian. Okay. I, I I did say Gillian. Okay, but I, meant I knew Killian. I heard it. <laughs> Killian. Continue. Killian in the future, Killian in the past, and then Robert Downey Jr. is somewhere in, in the, the middle, middle but like, black and white. Exactly. Uh, yeah, there's a whole black and white section. I do have to say, yeah. for the first 30 minutes, I, it was a little bit hard to follow. Yeah. Uh, I know the filmmakers tried really hard to make it straightforward. <laughs> That play was even louder. Okay. I can promise you right now that when I edit this podcast, it's not going to be as loud as it is in my headphones right now. We're just going to look like we're crazy. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I know the filmmakers really tried hard to uh, make it as straightforward as possible. Mm-hmm. That's why it didn't take that long for me to acclimate to what was happening. Yeah. But at the beginning, I was like, wait, when is this? Like, what what happens first? And mm-hmm. because it was black and white, I imagine it was the first thing that happened. Mm-hmm. But no, it was like right in the middle yeah yeah i i thought too it's interesting how this movie is not necessarily about the atomic bomb yeah you would think right like the that the scene. whole movie would look kind of surround and that. and with the atomic bomb but it it really it does it it's life. a big deal mm-hmm. it affects a lot but it's not the like his life became more important because it was about the atomic bomb yeah but that's not where it ended and that's not where the movie ended and that's not the goal we just followed yeah. his life and the atomic bomb happened to be part of his life yeah. the biggest part but and part I, of I it. like i like how it was addressed in the sense where it didn't necessarily paint oppenheimer as like black and white good or bad yeah. Um, it really lets you see inside of his mind and make whatever judgments that you want. I did not come away with this thinking that, like, wow, that he, did he was great a great person and bomb. he's the most amazing person that's ever existed. Mm-hmm. I think he did something that has a lot of consequences mm-hmm. and you can have your own opinions on if it was the right thing to do. I've seen uh, a lot of memes in which it's like <laughs> Oppenheimer when he sees that the atomic bomb he built was used to be an atomic bomb and it, it's just a Pikachu meme of like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm so sad. Yeah. But no, I definitely agree with uh-huh. you. Uh, I think he was a guy, at least in this movie, because I don't know the story mm-hmm. uh, from the books, but it's, he was just a guy that was fighting with his demons yeah. uh, after doing what he did and realizing uh, the magnitude of Uh, Mm -hmm. what this had accomplished Uh, and it's really interesting to have that like i mean obviously there is biases in the film uh, and you get to see whatever the filmmakers wanted you to see Mm -hmm. but i think what they showed us is pretty open-ended and you can uh, make your own assumptions from it the cinematographer who was the cinematographer because oh my goodness give me a sec (laughs) see we're all prepared in here I knew I was going to ask this question. Shush. Like, you could have told me that you are going to ask it and then I would have found it. <laughs> I just wanted to put you on the spot. I don't appreciate this. I really appreciate it. 
because I think this movie has uh, a significant claim to cinematography. Uh, I know I should be going to the theater more than I am currently, yeah. but I haven't seen anything that goes to this depth. Cinematographer was Hoyt Van Hoytema. Anything else that he might be known for? Let me see. I'll give you time while the airplane goes over. <laughs> oh, did the cinematography for Nope, Dunkirk, oh Tenant, Interstellar, uh, Ad Astra, anything else you know? Her, uh, Spectre, that other uh, yeah. James Bond movie. All great movies with great yeah. cinematography. Yeah, I think this movie definitely has a big claim on cinematography. Yeah, definitely. Do you want to get into some, some reviews? reviews? Yeah. Um, so I know that this movie is based off of the uh, book American Prometheus mm-hmm. um, by Kai Bird and Martin J. Sherwin. It was um, made in or uh, published in 2005. I didn't see anything on if it was the most historically accurate yeah, book ever um this this review actually does talk about that uh so i'll start reading it this is from uh artstechnica.com or arstechnica.com mm. um with oppenheimer nolan has gifted us a truly unique unflinching nuanced portrait of the enigmatic complicated man who spearheaded the manhattan project and subsequently ran afoul of the red baiting politics of the mccarthy era Technically, it's a biopic. It doesn't play like one. It's more like Nolan carefully selected various threads running through Oppenheimer's life yeah. and waved them into a richly and wove them into a richly textured tapestry that somehow transcends those raw materials. The result is pure visual poetry. That said, this is not a documentary, and naturally a few liberties were taken, most notably the powerful final conversation between Oppenheimer and Albert Einstein, referencing a conversation they'd had in the past, is entirely fictional. Nor is the actual physics front and center, since thematically, Nolan is far more interested in exploring questions of power, politics, patriotism, and personal internal paradoxes. Those less familiar with this period of history might not pick up on all the ornamental details, but that shouldn't hamper their enjoyment of the film. One of the ours' senior technical uh, editors, ours' senior technical uh, editor, Lee Hutchison, had quibbles with the sound quality, however, citing mumbling background noises, obscuring the dialogue, and putting VFX behind dialogue so the sound overpowered everything else. That wasn't the case at the screening I attended, or at least I didn't notice. Still, forewarned is forearmed, and there was also criticism about the sound mixing in Nolan's 2022 film, Tenet. Audiophiles, take note. Interesting. Yeah. One thing that makes me really, really sad is the Einstein conversation. conversation. Yep. What? Are you surprised? I am not. It, <laughs> it, re- it looked really weird in my head when I was watching it. I yeah. was like, that's too perfect. Like, that's, that conversation is too iconic. Yeah. But now I'm really sad that it did not actually happen. Great cinematic moment. Yeah. And it poses a fantastic question and ending to the movie. Yeah. But, I mean, it was such a running thing through the movie in which he had that conversation with uh, with him. Yeah. And to know that it was fake. Oh, I mean, it's not. It's a movie. So, it, as all um, artistic uh, works are, this is not um, a documentary yeah. by any means. But it's still sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I did enjoy those moments where he was talking uh, with Albert Einstein yeah. but 
you know, I think, I think he's right when, that this, like, reviewer is right when talking about more uh, how it's more, po- like, visual poetry. Yeah, it definitely um, served the purpose of um, showing us more, like, what um, Oppenheimer was seeing in his mind. Yeah, especially with the visuals, even at the end of, like, the physics and the rain and the things that keep yeah. making, like, those mushroom cloud formations, like, because that, I think, shows, helps show, like, the power behind what they were doing, too, uh, and, like, the deadly power behind it, mm-hmm. uh, because we now, as a society, are, like, decently far removed where a lot of the people that were alive and experienced that are in their old age and so a lot of younger yeah. people don't really know the impact the that it had at the which, time especially since those haven't been used since yeah like, there's not been an atomic drop in like that at all mm-hmm. since um so i think that really that like visualization really helped bring out like yeah the magnitude it's really complicated uh, to quantify how important Oppenheimer was yeah Uh, I know Matt Damon was also saying that this is a movie about the most important man that has ever existed Mm -hmm. and if you think about it from a we can end the world at any given time then he is the most important man because he's the one that made it possible yeah but then you can also look at it from the physics perspective and I mean, I have no idea about anything about physics, but for what I know, what he made happen, obviously it wasn't by himself, but he was the leading guy on this. What he made happen with physics and atoms and whatever you want, it was something that no one else had ever tried or have succeeded at. Mm -hmm. So from a physics perspective, it was a really important moment in history yeah that we cannot forget and if we were to manage to figure out what to do with this in some proactive kind of way uh-huh. people will appreciate it more like the the law of gravity and whatever yeah uh, but this is not good this is not something that benefits the world currently so people uh, tend to um diminish how crazy of an achievement it is yeah definitely so the next uh, one uh, is from Roger Ebert as well. Uh, they gave it four stars. Okay. Um, it goes on to say, This review hasn't delved into the plot of the film or the real-world history that inspired it, not because it isn't important, of course mm-hmm. it is, but because, as is always the case with Nolan, the main attraction is not the story itself, but how the filmmaker tells it. Mm-hmm. Nolan has derided as less a dramatist and then half showman, half mathematician, making bombastic, overcomplicated, but ultimately muddled and simplistic blockbusters that are as much puzzles as stories. Mm-hmm. But whether that characterization was ever entirely true, and I'm increasingly convinced that it never was, it seems beside the point when you see how thoughtfully and rewardingly um, it's been applied to a biography of a real person. Mm-hmm. It seems possible that Oppenheimer could retrospectively seem like a turning point in the director's filmography when he takes all of the stylistic and technical practices that he'd been honing for the previous 20 years and intellect 
intellectualized pulp blockbusters and turns them inward, using them to explore the innermost recesses of the mind and heart, not just to move human pieces around on a series of interlinked multidimensional storytelling boards. As a, as a physical experience, Oppenheimer is something else entirely. It's hard to say exactly what, and that's what's so fascinating about it. I've already heard complaints that the movie is too long, that it could have ended with the first bomb detonating, and could have no. done without the bits about Oppenheimer's sex life and the enmity of Strauss. And that it's perversely self-defeating to devote so much of the running time, including most of the third hour, to a pair of governmental hearings. Hmm. The one where Oppenheimer tries to get his security clearance renewed, and Strauss trying to get approved for Eisenhower's cabinet. But the film's furiously entropic tendencies complement the theoretical discussions of how of the hows and whys of the individual and collective personality. To greater and lesser degrees, all of the characters are appearing before a tribunal and being called to account for their contradictions, hypocrisies, and sins. Mm -hmm. The tribunal is out there in the dark. We've been given the information but not told what to decide, which is as it should be. Really good. Really yeah. well reviewed. Uh, these two reviews by <laughs> uh, Roger, whatever it is. Ebert. Uh, with Barbie and Oppenheimer. Well done. They know what they're doing over there. They know what they're doing. <laughs> um, and I definitely have to agree with them. I mean... We have to, as an audience, we have to get used to movies being two hours long from now on. If you want to see a good movie, it's most likely going to be two hours long. Like, tonight's uh, Haunted Mansion is two hours long, and you wouldn't expect that. Uh, and then when it goes to, like, for example, The Sex Life of Oppenheimer, uh, I can really compare it to Hamilton and how he had his own issues with his personal life and romantic life. Yeah. And those are important aspects of that story because it really shows the other issues that these characters are dealing with and they're not just one-sided uh, people and yeah. that they have personal problems as well. When you look at them in history books, you don't see all of these problems. You just see what they did in their specific um, industry. Yeah. Uh, so Hamilton, Oppenheimer, they all have problems behind them, good or bad, uh, whatever they did but it's an issue that they bring into their work and what yeah. they accomplish. Definitely, yeah. So it's definitely an important part of it, the story. It helps us understand the full psychology of a person yeah. when you see every bit of themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, again, like, showing, like, his sins and his hypocrisies out on the table. Mm -hmm. You can actually make more of a decision on how you feel about him as a person. Mm -hmm. You can make your own separate opinions on what his work is about, what his work did yeah um but a matter of fact is he is painted as both a hero and a villain mm -hmm. uh, it depends on what part of the world you're in it also depends on what your family history is like it depends on what your views on world war ii were like you're gonna have all these like opinions so it's i can appreciate it in that sense that they just sort of left him bare mm -hmm. for us to examine um and not giving us any inkling on whether it should be yeah. leading one way or the other. Another backseat aspect of his life that I didn't expect have, I mean, obviously I wasn't around at the time, yeah. but the fact that he was at one point part of the Communist Party, yeah, um, that affecting his work every step of the time, so crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, you wouldn't think that people that are doing so much work I mean, right now we do it with Twitter. Like you posted, you tweeted this thing 10 years ago. We found it. So now you have to yeah. pay for what you said. And obviously with politics and, and communism or whatever it is, it's heightened. 
uh, more than a tweet, but it's something that's still happening. Uh, but it's just interesting to to see it uh, develop yeah. so much in his life. I think it was interesting making the people that worked on it also human beings. Yeah. Uh, especially the people that were on the opposing side, that opposing side being like the scientists in Europe mm-hmm. that were also like seemingly attempting to build the same bomb. Yeah. Um, cause By I the way, the German helped. scientist, he's a great actor that I really enjoy. He's actually German himself. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, but for me, I think that helps also add more to his why mm-hmm. on why he's even doing this in the first place um because everybody always brings up the the morality of the situation like is it moral yeah. to drop it is it moral to create it uh, that kind of thing but i don't think people realized how because of his own friendships with people he knows what they're capable yeah. of and he knows what that invention will do mm-hmm. so i think it actually helped me understand the why of why someone would agree to be a part of this project yeah. when I morally might have made a different decision mm-hmm. or morally have shunned myself away from that, being even having to be yeah. a part of that decision. Someone's uh, psyche is just so deep that you need to look at everything to understand it. Exactly, yeah. And so I, I liked that too about it because you actually got to see the people that he met in his life and mm-hmm. how... Like the professor he tried to... Go. Poison. poison yeah and other like people that he talked to when he was like living in europe mm-hmm. learning about physics like so i think it was it was just really nicely laid out for me yeah um so i, I definitely took a lot away from it for yeah. sure beautiful gorgeous looking movie for sure yeah looking at the the technical aspect really gorgeous movie as well yeah Shall we compare them a little bit before we finish? A slight little bit, although I can't quite imagine what we would even compare them on. We've already discussed I know, Oscars. it's just <laughs> so interesting that they've um, just packaged these two movies because they happen to release on the same day. Yeah. Because they're so different from each other. Uh, but as we said before, Barbie's marketing team did a really good job marketing their movie. Yep. A bit misleading because they didn't really show you that there was such an impactful message behind but that was the correct thing to do that might have been the correct <laughs> thing to do but it's still a little bit misleading it's not a bad thing um but open Oppenheimer's marketing team was more like there's barbie movie barbie coming train. out the same day <laughs> great <laughs> let's just attach ourselves yeah, to this they just situation. run with it yeah um, and i saw also a meme that was like Barbie's marketing team. There's an oil spill. Can they make it pink? Or <laughs> we're gonna buy these houses in Airbnb and like Barbie and whatnot. Or uh-huh. like doctors are dressing up as Barbie. And then Oppenheimer is like, did you post? Did you post the poster? Great, we're done. <laughs> Beautiful. Sign Let's our go check. home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so from the marketing standpoint, I mean, I understand. You didn't mention how much Oppenheimer is made. But I think it's significantly less. I think last time I saw yeah. it was around the 300 million, but that's when Barbie was at 800 million. So it might be more around the 500 million yeah. now. Oppenheimer is not for everybody. Yeah. In the same way that like Barbie might be more for a wide range. Audience, yeah. Oppenheimer but... is not for anybody. Is not for everybody. Like um, Whale Man was that the name of the game? 
Um, what? The, the one that got the Oscar last year for Best Actor. The Whale? The Whale. Like that one, amazing movie. I haven't seen it, but I've heard amazing things yeah, from it. Yeah, I was it. just about to say, you never watched yeah. that. <laughs> but it's definitely not for everybody. Right. You know? Well, yeah, so some of the, Can everybody. you stop? I'm not <laughs> trying to tip the table over. Okay? Oh my goodness. She's just destroying the quote unquote I'm set. I'm not. I promise. <laughs> Anyways. But I think even if it's at a 500 million, I think it probably did really well uh, yeah. for its own standards. Um. And then obviously Barbie just blew it out of the park yeah. with over a billion now. Um, and it's not stopping because it only released less than a month the ago. The 21st, yeah. yeah. And less it's than a, a month ago, it already now. made a billion. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Less than a month ago, it already made a billion. I, can, <laughs> I hope that one day I work on a project that makes that, makes that much million. money. Avatar. When it, I mean, there's many Avatar movies coming up, so we can get on those. We'll cross our fingers when <laughs> <laughs> we get there. If you watch Barbie, then you know the hoodie that says, I'm Knuff. We bought that hoodie. It's yes, getting here did. in September. If you want to see it, you can it's on find it for on our Instagram. Uh, not sponsored. It. Yeah. Eh, I was watching how in Spanish, they're saying, I'm soy suficient Ken. Suficient Ken. Which <laughs> is not good enough as Knuff, but it's pretty decent. It's the best that they can do for it the It is the best bear. that they can do. And we'll see how these movies do in the Oscars. I think it will be worth it looking back at the movies that we reviewed this year when Oscar season comes around and yeah. see um, how these two movies are portrayed in the Oscars as well. But, I mean, as a two-package, as a movie that you should watch back-to-back, you really don't have to. Like, yeah. I know people online are saying, Barbenheimer, Barbenheimer. And if you watch Barbie today, you should watch Barbie, uh, You should watch Oppenheimer tomorrow. You really don't have to. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely say try to watch both of them. If you haven't, if you only watch both uh, one of them, definitely try to watch the other one. But it's not, it's, it's not going to heighten the experience because you watch them back to back. If anything, it's going to make it worse because you're going to be too tired for the second one. Yeah. Or when you're watching the first one, you're just going to be like, oh, I left the second one, which is my favorite, to watch later on today. So I cannot think of the one that I'm watching right now. Uh, so it might become an issue. So maybe just, if you already watched them, maybe the second one that you watched, watch it again. Give uh-huh. it another chance and see and see how it pans out now. And Bar- uh, Caitlin watched Barbie twice yes. and had a different opinion of it on it on the second time. So Liked it a lot more on the second yeah. run. I definitely would say watch Barbie over Oppenheimer because mm. I think I think it's it's important in the sense that it can start conversations that could change mm-hmm. people's mindsets for the current yeah. historical things that we're seeing <laughs> happen in our in our country and in our world uh, and I think Oppenheimer is important. To more understand the past and how that might mm-hmm. affect the present. I personally would say watch Oppenheimer over Barbie, if you ha- if you really have to pick. <laughs> I would say watch Oppenheimer over Barbie if you really have to pick, um, yeah. just because cinematography wise and technically wise, it's a really well done movie, uh, and the filmmakers definitely blew it out of the park with it. Yeah. Um, and it's just an amazing experience. Uh, so now we can move on and give them a rate. Our final ratings. Uh, so for Barbie, what are you going to be, Barbie? I'm going to give it a four. 
A four. Interesting. Solid four. I was thinking of 3.9 out of five. Why are we not rounding it up? <laughs> We're not rounding it up because I'm going to give uh, Oppenheimer a four. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Oppenheimer. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think too hard. It might explode. 4.5. A 4.5? But you just said watch Barbie over Oppenheimer. I mean it in the sense that I think the conversations that I've been seeing people talk about and how controversial it is, that's why people should go see mm-hmm. Barbie more. Okay. Because there's so many people that are angry that are just convinced that it's just some like feminist throwaway movie. No. And I've seen so many people mm-hmm. talk about it like that. I mean, it's definitely... And that tells me that it's the more important one to watch because it's actually starting a conversation. Yeah. That needs to be had. It's definitely not a... If you have really strong views on one side, (laughs) then it's not a movie that you're going to enjoy watching. Uh If if you're the issue, you're the issue, you know. But it it might also be exaggerated in some aspects. Yeah, I mean, every movie has its own bias. But I think they're not wrong for it, yeah. Yeah, I've just... I've seen so many instances of where there's there's like a portrayal of masculinity mm-hmm. online um, that's making things harder yeah. on women all over the world and certain um, people promoting certain mindsets mm-hmm. um, that can become dangerous yeah. if they're left to fester. And that's why I think as of right now, I'm more concerned about people watching Barbie and yeah. wanting them to go I watch can agree Barbie with that. so that we can attempt to, at least within our own generation, confront what's happening mm-hmm. and the messages that are being spread around the youth uh, versus Oppenheimer where, again, we're a little bit more far removed from it, mm-hmm. but See, now I feel bad not giving Barbie a four. So I'm going <laughs> to move Barbie up to a 4 out of 5, clapping For words. the message. But I'm going to move Oppenheimer to a 4.3. I think Oppenheimer is the better movie in the sense of the the cinematography. It's a better movie as far flow, as movie goes. <laughs> as far as the movie goes. As far as the message, I'm all for Barbie. 100% more. As far as what he can, as far as the impact that he yeah. can have on society right now, Barbie. because Oppenheimer has a good message as well, but it, it does, it's not gonna have an impact. It's not gonna have the most applicable messaging. Yeah. Versus Barbie, where it is covering present day mm-hmm. current happening issues. Yeah, and they're definitely gonna have a, an impact in. Yeah. In the near future, in the present, it's already having impact. Oppenheimer's issues we're more far removed from. Barbie. Well, Oppenheimer definitely her. shows why we shouldn't deal with what we have right now. Like the the bombs that we have right now, just don't touch them. <laughs> just leave them there. Leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that that might be the extent of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here one more week. Uh, we really appreciate you coming. I know it's a longer episode than usual. Uh, but I mean, we touched on two of them and then yeah. compare them. So you can follow our TikTok at that film couple, and you can find the same name on YouTube if you want to see this and you're not seeing it right now. If you're listening to it on Spotify or an Apple Podcast, feel free to leave us a five star review and, and a little comment. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Encat the Podcast. And you can find me at Sevas Alip on Instagram. And you can find me at Kate Johnston at 622 on Instagram as well. We'll see you next week, and we hope you really enjoyed this. And And cut. cut!